Hey, it's Dr. Marissa Lee Naismith here, and I'm so honored to be sharing today's interview round episode with you. Listen, and you will be inspired by amazing healthcare practitioners, voice teachers, and music industry professionals who will share their stories, knowledge, and experiences within their specialized fields to help you live your best life every day. As singers, our whole body is our instrument, and our instrument echoes how we feel physically, mentally, and emotionally. So don't wait any longer. Take charge and optimize your instrument now. Remember that to sing is more than just learning about how to use the voice. It's about a voice and beyond. So without further ado, let's go to today's episode. Every day in Australia, nine people end their lives by suicide, and this is more than double the national road toll. For every one person who dies, there are 39 attempted suicides. What is even more frightening about these figures is that they are pre-COVID-19 statistics and these numbers have increased dramatically over the past 12 months. This week's guest is Julie Ann Whitfield, who has been a hospitality and training professional for over 35 years. And four years ago, she proudly became an ambassador for RUOK. Are You Okay is a non-for-profit harm prevention organization that encourages people to stay connected and have meaningful conversations with others who are going through the most difficult times in their lives. In this episode, Julianne discusses how the Are You Okay organization contributes to suicide prevention efforts by encouraging people to invest more time in their personal relationships and to build informal support networks within the workplace. Julianne explains how we as friends, family and colleagues can become more alert to the behaviours of those around us, how we can recognise signs of difficulty or distress, how to have a conversation with someone who we identify is in need of help and how to connect them to the appropriate support long before they are in crisis. Julianne stresses that it's about trusting our gut and our intuition when we think someone is struggling with life and the importance of creating a culture around support, connection and caring in the workplace environment. There is so much vital information packed into this episode. Without further ado, let's go to today's episode. Welcome to A Voice and Beyond, Julianne. It's so lovely to have you here. I'm going to ask my first question of you, and that is, are you okay? Thank you for asking, Marissa. Yes, I am okay. Um, I continually check in with myself on a daily basis, and whilst we're in exceedingly troubling and challenging times, um, I am. I am okay, and thank you for asking. 
And I know you're on your own. You have been in isolation, or shouldn't say isolation because you have, <laughs> you're not isolating, but you have been in lockdown for quite mm-hmm. some time. You are on your own, but you do have your son's dog. <laughs> If I remember. Yes. Isn't that amazing? It's lovely how my son decided in February he was going to escape Sydney and go to Queensland um, but couldn't take the dog because, Mum, you'd be all alone. So, yes, we're just coming up to now seven weeks in lockdown, into nearly our eighth week of lockdown, um, and unfortunately I don't see it alleviating in the near future. So mm. the, figures, the numbers today are still not going in the direction they need to be going in. So, um, but again, I think it's about um, routine. It's about checking in with yourself and it's about um, making sure you do a little bit of self-love. Exactly. Now, why you're here on the podcast is because I came across you in the foodie coaches group. Now, my husband has a cafe in Queensland in Australia And he belongs to an amazing group, a very supportive group that is basically professional development for people in the hospitality industry. And I can see now that there's a lot of personal development going on within that group also. There seems to be a little bit of a segue happening. And this is where I heard you speak, Julianne. I happened to be in the room when you were speaking and my ears just went, hold on a moment here. What this woman is saying is fantastic. Other people need to hear this. We all need it right now. We all need it. We all need help. We all need to check in on each other and, ah, like I'm getting, I get emotional every time I talk to you. Okay. I'm, I'm glad you're starting that because you know I'm like. <laughs> yeah, I do. Oh, we're going to be a mess. Okay. Just so the <laughs> listeners know, halfway through this, we'll both be a mess. But warning. <laughs> yes. Okay. So you've been in, hot, in the hospitality industry for 35 years. You have been an ambassador for Are You Okay for four years And that is what I've heard you speaking about. And some people may say, okay, well, you work with the hospitality industry. Why are you here when most of the audience in this particular podcast is predominantly the voice community and people associated with the arts? This is where I thought there are a lot of similarities between the two industries. So I'm going to let you share your thoughts on that. Thanks, Marissa. I think, um, as you said, yes, my background is hospitality for, yes, 35-plus years. We don't like to talk age. but No, um, we're 21. (laughs) It was preconception. Correct, absolutely. But I I suppose in um, probably the last... 10 years of my career, I've been doing a lot of leadership and management training uh, within the hospitality industry. And I just found that there was this need um, of leaders and managers who don't necessarily have the skill sets and haven't been trained to be leaders. Hospitality is very much, 
you're um, on the floor, you're in the back of house, in the kitchen, highs and lows, you do what you do, the service period, you're on, you're off. There are um, the adrenaline and, and uh, certainly the, um, the service periods can keep you in a very high state uh, um, of uh, anxiety in some mm-hmm. situations. But as a leader, you don't necessarily get trained to lead people. You're really good at what you do. All of a sudden, you're a supervisor. Next thing, you've got 10 people that you're leading. So as part of that, um, I also, looking at these leaders, were finding that they weren't connecting with their team. They weren't connecting with other um, people within the industry as much as they should be. And to me, it was very much like that wearing a mask. They're, and we used to actually say, when you're going front of house, when you're walking out, you're on stage. Yes. So in that regard, I feel there's some similarity because often and certainly in a front of house situation, you walk out there, you've got the makeup on, everything you presented beautifully and nobody really knows what's going on inside you. Mm -hmm. In the back of house, in the kitchen situation, it is high pressure. It's very intense. Um, Certainly over the last probably five years or so, it's become a better environment to, to work in. But it's hard. It's stressful. People, um, as I said, the highs and lows. So um, you're up and you're down. And and the other thing, I think, probably in hospitality, we're quite addictive personalities. Mm -hmm. And I think in that, again, we have a little bit of a similarity with with that. And it doesn't necessarily mean we, we go down that line of addiction, but Uh, We like the highs, we like the lows, we like the attention, we like the stress levels to a certain extent, but sometimes we don't necessarily get taught how to handle that well. Exactly. And you're so right about putting on a front and that's exactly how it is in the entertainment industry. I know that there were many a time where something had gone on in my own life and I'm driving to a gig and I'm crying and really upset And then it was like on, poker face, up you get, you entertain, but all you're doing is putting a Band-Aid on a festering sore momentarily and then it's got to spew out at some other point of time and it just keeps banking up. And, And that is exactly what hospitality is like. With The only thing is your audience is slightly different. One, you're giving a service to a table. The other one, you're giving a service where you're offering yourself, like you're offering someone else. Yeah. But chefs, I believe, are pretty much, I know they're pretty volatile, especially. And I think think that that, that's something definitely that has been the training in the past. I think we're getting better Mm -hmm. at that. But it's also they're creative. That's it. That's what I was Yes, and that's what we do. We're creative folk and I think we we are very much like chefs. And with a chef, they have that instant gratification. If someone enjoys a meal, they get that feedback. With us, when we perform and someone claps, we get that instant gratification and then you go home and then, yeah, the highs and the lows of the industry. So, I also think there's a certain element of perfectionism about oh, it. yes. Yes. It's got to be right. It's got to be on. And you can be quite critical of yourself because of that creative side of things. And with the chef, if it 
isn't 100% perfect, it doesn't go out. You know? Yes. So and, and yeah, and two, we can tend to take things rather personally because it is our craft and it is something that we've created in that, that moment in time. So how did you come to be involved in Are You Okay? Well, first up, what is Are You Okay and how did you come to be involved? Okay. Are You Okay is a non-profit organisation that creates awareness around suicide. I'm not sure if you're aware of some of the statistics, which I might go into in a little bit, but um, the most the most outstanding or, or outrageous statistic that that I uh, that is always front of my mind is Marissa: nine Australians every day end their life by suicide. That is outrageous. That's more than double the national road toll. So I was in a situation, as I said, I was training um, chefs and front of house hospitality leaders. And I had probably 15 students on a weekly basis and they, I would be doing a diploma of leadership or whatever with them. Whereas in every single one of those groups, there were one or two people who were suffering, who could wow. not deal with the stress of their role. They could not reach out to people. And at one stage, I was um, the leadership trainer for the Maryvale group. And one of their executive chefs, who was a mentor to many of the chefs I was training, um, decided one day that um, he couldn't be here anymore and decided to take his life. That had a ripple effect on these young chefs who mentored, who, who looked up to him. Yeah. And I felt a sense of, um, I felt a bit useless, to be honest, and it was very difficult. And because I was like a, I wasn't involved in the business as such, I was an external sort of counselling person coming in, they uh, they kind of were drawn to me. So I reached out to Are You Okay Then? And I said, this is becoming quite horrific within the hospitality industry. The statistics mm -hmm. were bad. They weren't yeah. dealing with these things well. And so I uh, reached out and we created an Are You OK Hospitality campaign um, over the last few years. And I did some fundraising in that for them. And, and as I've said, it's about creating awareness that people aren't coping. We're not having the conversations we need to have. Leaders aren't feeling that they have the strength or the um, tools to be able to have these open and honest conversations. Um, and to be honest, too many of us are buried in these. And that's oh, a yes. And we're just not doing this enough. So yes. I'm very passionate about Are You Okay? Um, I feel that the more that we can spread the word that people can feel that they have the confidence and the tools to be able to ask the question and then be able to respond in a way. And it's just about reaching out to people. And to be honest, in the last 18 months, that's just become more critical than ever. Absolutely. And I think it's important to note that Are You OK is not a counselling service no. or a service provider. What you are doing is raising awareness and giving people the tools to start identifying those who are in need and how to approach those people. And I know we're going to go into 
that in a moment because there is is a a a four-step action plan that has been created by Are You Okay? Now, with with that group, it's no longer like it's not hospitality specific because I've been on the website there's not one for entertainment, but there is one. I mean, I, I believe that what is relevant for the hospitality group is absolutely relevant for the the arts. And there is one for education for those singing teachers out there. And it is an Australian organisation, but it is relevant to every country in this world because if we've got these statistics, we wouldn't be exclusive. These statistics would be happening everywhere and possibly much higher than than what we're having because we've been in COVID relatively less impacted than many other countries. Correct, correct. Yeah. And And actually you find, um, Marissa, that these these statistics – I was doing some comparisons with um, the United Kingdom and we're very much on par with it where they're at at the moment as well. So it is a worldwide thing. Um, 75% of suicides are male and they're aged between 15 and 44. That's scary. They're scary numbers. And yeah. part of that, the, the, Are You OK? was started by Gavin Larkin, whose father committed suicide and he couldn't deal with that and, and wanted and, and felt that it was uh, a, a certainly a male-dominated area where, where they couldn't reach out. They felt that they weren't confident to do that. And it's, yeah. this is about educating people to say it's okay not to be okay mm-hmm. and it's fine to be able to reach out and talk to somebody about it. And this is just whether it's somebody within your workplace, within your social group, um, within your, your peers, anyone uh, that you can feel confident to be able to have the conversation and to ask. Yeah. I'm going to share something here that I haven't shared and I don't talk about. It's kind of something that's buried uh, way back, but it, it was something that took me a lot of years and even after I remarried and had another child was still something that I carried with me every day. But my first husband committed suicide. Oh, He was 33 and, like, I just think sometimes that we miss those signs. You you don't realise, you know, and I think sometimes this is just my belief. Sorry that I'm I'm getting upset. I I promised myself I wouldn't, but I want to talk about it. Um, I believe that. If someone is serious about suicide, quite often you miss the signs because they don't want to be found out. And a lot of the times the ones that aren't successful are the ones that are crying out for help and you can still help those people. But that's just my thoughts as someone who's a suicide survivor that I've had someone close to me um, commit suicide. I think it's also, and that's probably why, this is so important, this, this awareness, is mm-hmm. often it's the people closest to them that they yeah. hide it the most from and potentially when they do reach out or if somebody asks, it's usually somebody not necessarily within that close circle, not always, and there's no rhyme or no reason necessarily. 
Um, yeah, but it absolutely. Is, it certainly is. Um, it's about um, knowing and reading some signs um, and more importantly, just opening the conversation and just asking. And it's it, it creates that platform of support and um, an awareness that I'm noticing that you're not quite yourself. Yes. And it may not be me that you're comfortable talking mm. to. It may be somebody else. Yes. And that's what Are You OK is about. It's about connecting that person with somebody who can support them and yep. encourage some action. So with those suicide rates that you were talking about, they're 2019, aren't they? Mm-hmm. They're, they're not the COVID like no, um, but, uh, and I have had um, discussions with the RUOK team this week, and certainly from the statistics, although, again, it's very difficult um, to look at the statistics on a monthly sort of basis. That's Absolutely. why they're sort of done. Um, yeah. But what they are finding at the moment is, um, well, for instance, um, Lifeline um, 10 days ago, had 3,000, over 3,300 calls in one day. Oh, my gosh. That is the highest number of calls they have had in the last 10 years. Wow. For every one call, um, for every five calls, one call isn't answered because there's just not enough people. Um, emergency departments are noting an increase in attempts and for every one person who does suicide, there can be 39 people who attempt. My goodness. So that's that's the size of um, this absolute dreadful situation that we find ourselves in. Mm. And COVID is obviously not helping and it's about I don't know if you've heard but certainly I do when I'm speaking to the people it's it's words like um anxiety and I'm not coping and the uncertainty Mm -hmm. and these are all things that people who may suffer with anxiety it heightens things people who don't necessarily have suffered with anxiety, are finding that they're struggling. And as I said to you, this is, as I said, nearly eight weeks in um, in lockdown for me on my own. I'm a hugger, Marissa. It's been seven weeks since I've been able to give somebody a hug. And we as humans need that contact. We do. We, need that. we do need that. We need that human connection. It's a basic human drive. It's, it's something that... Uh, lifts us and, and makes us feel human. Correct. And and normal. Yeah. So why is there still so much shame in asking for help? Because one of the things that we're going to talk about is looking at those very things, how we can identify if someone needs help, because a lot of people still don't ask for help. What is the shame around asking for help? Um, It's that, again, and this is across male and female, I think, Mm -hmm. it's that um, 
within the workplace, there's still a lot of barriers. There's um, and probably this year is very much the campaign for Are You OK is very much about creating um, a workplace culture that supports asking the question. It's sometimes fear of somebody saying yes or, say, sorry, somebody saying, no, I'm not okay, and then, oh, I don't know what to do. Um, mm-hmm. So there's that fear around it as well. It's certainly um, the whole stigma around mental health. We've come a long way, and to be honest, I'm hopeful that because I fear we're talking, fear we're talking about it a lot more now that we've actually got an understanding now that, that mm-hmm. um, you, it is okay to put your hand up and say, I'm not okay Yes, I need some help. Yes. And um, yeah, that's what this is all about and certainly this year's campaign is very focused on that. Yes. I know when my husband committed suicide there was a lot of shame in asking for help, especially if you're a migrant man because these mm-hmm. people are very proud and yes. and. Also, too, if someone did commit suicide, then they had to blame somebody. It couldn't be that that person was suffering. Someone must have done something to them to have that happen to them. So I think there has been a shift in that. But it's still, you know, it's still not okay. It's still not, you know, it's we, we can still do so much more. And one of the reasons that I, I reached out to you is because in our singing voice community, especially us singing teachers who work one-on-one with students, quite often by a student using their voice, they start to speak up mm-hmm. and they start to share information with you that you wouldn't normally, well, that you wouldn't ask for You don't particularly want to know, but by creating that safe space, it does become a place where we are often the front line. We're often the ones that we see that we're very aware of how a student stands. So we can tell by the way that they walk in if there's something wrong with them. We know the sound of their voice, their speaking voice even so well. We can tell by the sound of their voice if there is something wrong with them. We can tell by their facial expressions because that's what we do week in and week out. And I think that is another really important reason why I wanted to have you in this podcast. So let's go through the four-step action plan. And the first one I think is, how do we identify when something is up with somebody? I think, as you said, and you 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 um, you said it beautifully. It's notice the signs, notice that things aren't what they usually are. Something mm-hmm. isn't right. What are they saying? What are they doing? and what's actually going on in their life. And sometimes that's what we hide. Mm -hmm. So what do I mean when I say, what are they saying? Um, Are they moody? Um, Or are they hypo, can't switch off? Yes, 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 definitely. Um, uh, Are they lonely? Are they lacking in self-esteem? 
um, uh, they one of the, the big key indicators is that people often feel they're not worthy or that they're a burden mm-hmm. and people would be better off without them. Oh. So it's very much around their own self-worth yes. and their own self-esteem. Yes. And the fact that I imagine you as a, as a singing teacher, you give them their voice. That's why we you do. connect. Yes. You give them their voice yes. and you allow them to share that. And in doing so, they're also vulnerable. Mm-hmm. But if you provide that safe space for them, then they feel they can share. And that's like in a lot of workplaces as well. For some people, the workplace can be safer than at home. Yes. Or easier to be in, especially for some of our younger people. Um, and so that's why if you establish that connection, um, often that's that's an introduction into in uh, into that support. What are they doing? Are they mood swinging? Are they becoming withdrawn? Are they unable to concentrate? Um, potentially behaving recklessly, and you notice that potentially on um, social media, mm-hmm. sort of being a little bit risky in their photography, in their behaviour, in their words, those sorts of things. Um, potentially a change in sleeping pattern, or it might be they're totally losing interest. So those are sorts of some of the, the key indicators. And it might be then what are they experiencing? What in, what's going on in their life? Is there a relationship issue? Is there a health issue, uh, potentially with a, a family member? Um, is there stress within their um, work life or in their school life? Or, um, uh, again, if, if they're school-aged, um, you know, the whole bullying and that sort of thing and even just oh, growing up can yes be so and and that is rampant yes. that is rampant and I don't believe the schools have yet got that right they still don't deal with that in a way that they could I don't as much as they think they do I don't think that they do I think it's a minefield, Marissa, and I think adding that to social media, it's mm-hmm. that constant. It is constant. It's 24-7. Yes. You know, back in it my is. day, I'd go home and that would be it. Yeah, <laughs> you know? absolutely. And if someone wanted to contact you, they had to call the house phone. Yeah, that's right. There was no social media. There was no internet. So you left school and once you got off the school bus, and you walked in through that front door, you could switch off from everybody until you arrived back in that school ground again. Whereas now I know these kids, I know some of them are up till five in the morning chatting online. They're not sleeping properly. I mean, there's, I mean, we could go on and on and on. Yeah. There's no downtime. And that's hard and it's hard for them because, again, if they're not in, they're going to miss something. Yes. And they miss something. So that, that, that's, that's so constant. true. That's so yeah. true. And so we're looking, we're, we're listening to yep. the language and, and what words they're using. Correct. We're looking at behaviour. Yes. Uh, and changes, just changes in that behaviour. And it might mm. be it might be subtle, it might be extreme in some situations. Yes. Um, but it's about, and as you said, you know it when they even just the way they physically walk in. Oh, absolutely. Holding themselves. You can yes. see if they're having, and that's what it's about. But it's about 
trusting your gut when you think something isn't right mm-hmm. and reaching out and just asking. And it, that can be whatever words come out of your mouth. Are you okay is one way of doing it. Um, but we can talk about some other ways, something that's natural or feels good to you. It's just an opportunity to say, I've noticed that you're kind of not in a really good place or not feeling or not just, you know, exhibiting your normal happy self. Can I help? Yes. That that takes me to that that next step, how we approach the um, someone that we feel is not quite themselves. Our gut is telling us there's something up here with this person. Now, in our singing voice community as teachers, we've been told that you are not psychologists. No. Okay. And no one pretends to be a psychologist. But at no. what so how do we approach people without being psychologists or taking on the role as psychologists and not overstepping boundaries? So how do we approach that in the most ethical way? Okay, I think probably first and foremost, Marissa, you need to ensure that you're in a safe place and that you are ready to ask. Mm-hmm. I'm always ready to ask. <laughs> so, and that's what it is. And, and just the sheer fact that you asked me if I was okay. Um, because what we always, uh, what, what even Catherine, the, the CEO of Are You Okay, always says, um, if you wake up and you're not okay on that day, then that's fine. You don't have to do anything mm-hmm. um, for, for Are You Okay. So it's about, as I said to you, it's about that mm-hmm. self-checking and yes. just making sure Yes. So before you ask that question um, or go through the four steps, you need to make sure you're okay. Um, mm-hmm. Be ready, be prepared. Um, most importantly, pick the moment. If you know you've only got five minutes with them, it's probably not the right time to be asking. Mm-hmm. So that's number one is definitely make sure that you're ready to ask the question. Then we go through the four steps, uh, asking the question, listening, encourage action, and then check in with them afterwards. So if it's okay, we might just go one by one through those steps. Absolutely. Fantastic. Fantastic, Julianne. Thank you. So once you're okay in yourself and you're feeling good about this, as you said, you're trusting your gut and you're feeling things aren't right in any way, shape or form. And it, it may be, it may be, are you okay? It may be, how are you travelling? It might be, you don't seem yourself lately. Is there something I can do? Can we, did you want to have a chat? Doesn't have to be anything heady, heavy. It might be, I've just noticed that there's a few changes. And even if you say specifically, you know, uh, you just haven't seen your happy self, you haven't had your energy, um, just go in lightly. Um, or it might be you're very well aware that maybe something is going on in their life, big changes with family or whatever, Um, and it might be, I know you've had some big things happening in your life. Are you okay? Yes. Can I just just, um, maybe suggest something too? This is for for the singing voice community. Just I have two go-tos that I use, and my students know them. So if I ask them, because I check in with my students every single week and I always have done. Every student has a quick 
two-minute check-in and it's two questions. How's your week been? Right. And that is like they don't feel that I'm asking anything that's it's not threatening. And then the other thing is with if there are students that is at at school or a university, and I do this with both, how are you going with all your classes? Because if they're not doing well in a class that they're usually doing well in, you know, okay, there's got to be something. Why is that happening? But just those two simple questions, you keeping up with all your work? And if it's an adult, how's work going? You, you, you know, your job's going okay? They're my check-ins. And so if other teachers are maybe feeling that they, they don't feel comfortable asking some of those other questions that you mentioned, they may feel, okay, we can do that. And my students know, like by me asking that every week, they know I'm checking in on them and, and they're, they're good with that. And you've done exactly, exactly what um, this campaign this year is about, Musa. It's about creating that safe space. It's about creating a workplace or an area, um, a culture around connection and caring. And you've established that. So they know those questions are coming, but they also know if they weren't, they could have that conversation with you. Mm -hmm. And that's what it's about, that trust. Yes. It's been established and is it, there. It certainly has, yes. And that is vital. That is absolutely yes. vital. Sorry. So I. Yes. I, I <laughs> interrupted you. No, no, that's absolutely perfect. Um, so step two is probably, in my opinion, mm-hmm. some of the most important, one of the most important steps is the listening. Oh. And this is not listening with the intent to reply, not listening with the intent to fix. It's just be in the moment and listen. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And letting him know yes. that. Mm-hmm. And even to a point um, of not saying too much because sometimes when you open the floodgate, you just let it go. And for a lot of people, that's enough mm-hmm. that someone cared enough to ask and cared enough to listen. And especially in in, um, in setting that safe workplace culture up, that's a great way to do that. So it might be I'm here to listen if you want to talk anymore. Um, how are you feeling about that? So if they say something rather than you having an opinion on that, asking them how they feel. How did that make you feel? So it's them talking about how they feel rather than you telling them how they should feel. Yes. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. And so to and, me, that's the number two is very okay. important. Great. Number three is this is where we come down to that you are not the counsellor and you don't have to fix everything. But encouraging some form of action. Mm-hmm. Now, as I've said, for a lot of people, just being able to have that conversation, that's action enough. But for a lot of us, we don't know where that point is. So yes. it's about, um, again, saying that you're always here to support them and if there's anything you can do. Um, what steps do you think you need to take 
in order to move forward with this? Is there someone that you can talk to? Is it a family member? Is it a friend? And potentially, if you feel it's it's a little more uh, serious, a little more threatening, can you talk to your doctor? Yes. That is, that's, it's about taking a step or a professional. Um, and again, it, it depends on the degree, obviously. If somebody is having a breakdown at that time, it would be, can I call somebody? Can I help you with that? But it's not you taking on that because mm-hmm. that's not our, our role. But it's asking them, you know, do you have a friend? Can you talk to this about your mum, with your mum? Can you talk to this about, you know, if it's a child situation, if it's an adult, do you have a friend that you can you can talk to about this? Or do you think maybe you need to talk to your GP? Um, because the GP is probably go-to number one to be, then be able to put them in the in the right direction for professional help. Yes, and a lot of schools these days have counsellors on site and what where I teach, I teach in a school and in a university and at the school we have to refer up if we feel that someone's not quite being themselves, then there's something going on. Could be anything, could be even an issue with, something going on within the household, whatever it is, we have a duty of care to report that. Mm -hmm. And within the university, we have a form that we have to fill out and we have to write what we think is, you know, what what the student was doing, what they were saying, and then, you know, do we feel that this goes to a counsellor? So there there are protocols. Yeah, that's Uh, right. Yes. It's great, but we have to listen, though, to to get to that point. We have to make sure that we are listening. And, yeah, and our teaching needs to be very student-focused. Some and, And that's what it's about. It's not about us. It's the person before the voice. And especially in today's culture, we have to look out for that person before we look out for their voice. And that's how I train leaders um, and owners of businesses with foodie coaches, the owners. Um, your business isn't your business if you don't have your staff and they're yeah. the number one priority. You know, the whole customer is always right and customer first. No, you're not going to have customers if you don't look after your people. And so it's about looking after um, and being focused on that and that and that is the reason you're doing it and it's out of it's out of concern and it's out of respect and it's out of trust and it's out of that relationship and you're coming from a good place but you have to establish that relationship first and that support network so that they feel comfortable and you feel comfortable in that exchange um, so the last one is what we would call the check-in so in that situation if you feel um, that they're not in any danger, you're not, they're, they're not going to harm themselves. It was just an exchange. It's always most important thing is to check back in. Yes. Just wanted to check in and see how you're doing. That's why I yes. love so much what you do every week with your students because they know that's coming. Mm-hmm. That's what I encourage with, with our leaders um, and, and owners in the, in the businesses. It's like check in with them every single day. Have a look, get that eye contact, make mm, that connection yes, with them. 
Yes. And follow up, you know, did you do something about that? Did you reach out to somebody? Do you need some more support? Um, you know, have things changed? Have things improved? Or even noticing you seem to have a little more spring in your step. You seem to have a little more energy. How are things going? Yeah. So it, it's, it's that's the sort of four steps. So it's ask the question, listen, encourage some form of action, and then check back in with them to see how they're going. Mm. And I think part of that, that listening or part of that process after listening too, I, this is something that I do uh, and look, and I'm not trained. This is just my intuition. This is something that I've just developed for myself instinctively is to acknowledge. Yeah. And, and it's not about sometimes people just want that acknowledgement and just for you to say, I hear what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And you know what? You have every right to feel like that. It's your, it's you. It's they're your feelings. They're valid, and mm-hmm. it's okay. And that's the thing. It's not about judging in any way, shape, or form. No, it's it's being able to listen, and it's being able, as you say, to acknowledge them and to truly see them. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's the thing, isn't it? Some people just want to be heard. That's right. I that's think we all, all want to be. We all want to be seen. We all want to be listened to. We all want someone to acknowledge that we matter and mm. that we're important. And for somebody to say, um, you just don't seem you, you know, that's not accusing, that's nothing. It's no. just like no, I'm concerned for you as yes. a person. Yes. And I think wouldn't this world be a better place if we did a whole lot more of that, Marissa? Absolutely. There's a couple of things. One thing in our community is that we had to pivot to online teaching last year in order to continue to generate an income. And a couple of things there. Firstly, how do we recognise the signs when a student is online? Like do we have to be more hyper-aware because maybe we can't see those visual cues the way that we would if they're in person. We can't hear their voices because of sometimes the technical difficulties. What something, it, like a couple of tips perhaps that, that we could use? It does make the process a lot harder, as I said. Yes. Because so much of our gut and our instinct comes from how we feel in, a, in, in an exchange with somebody else. In that connection. Suppose, yeah, Absolutely. Um, So I suppose some of the sort of non-physical signs that someone might be struggling um, might be, again, potentially not turning up for regular Ah, sessions. Ah, yes. Having excuses or reasons why they're not turning Uh up. Yes. Um, Ignoring messages, not getting back to you, um, cancelling engagements, Mm -hmm. cancelling sessions. Potentially, again, if you know them and know that they may be a little bit isolated through all of this or are struggling, um, again, I think it's looking at that, um, how are they interacting? And even though we don't have the physical, you can tell, uh, for instance, I was on a call today um, with uh, one of our group calls and I could tell just by the body language of one of these business owners, they were not in a good place. Mm -hmm. 
So mm-hmm. you can still do it. It takes a little bit more and you need to have that relationship and that understanding. But sometimes, you know, with, with if they're totally distracted and they're not involved and they're not engaged, could be two things. They're bored or, you know. Yeah, um, not really that was a crap really. lesson. <laughs> and you're a crappy <laughs> teacher. <laughs> I heard one one instance today, I think it was on the telly or something, where somebody yeah. said they were watching their child um, who was doing online uh, teaching with yeah. the, the teacher and they were yes. going through something quite complicated and the teacher sort of called out and said, well, hey, Julie, uh, what's your thoughts on that? And the student just sort of went, well, to be honest, sir, mm-hmm. I zoned out. So I wasn't <laughs> you know, great, you admitted it. But it, it's there are still ways you can uh, acknowledge that somebody um, is is disengaging mm. and and just not their normal self. Um, yes. But I'd be looking at that, you know, not turning up, being yes. late, yes. having excuses, yes. and not responding to calls. You are so right. You're so right about that because they're the ones that I've identified have had problems and sometimes it's the kids who are ADHD too or are on the spectrum they don't cope with change and they don't cope not having that human interaction they need that and they're the ones that usually don't turn up and it is that change they really don't like change no no their whole world is a sense of order and when that sense of order leaves so it's about uh, reaching out to that and seeing how you can potentially reorder those sorts of things, I suppose. Yes. Yeah. And, and the other thing I've noticed and it'd be interesting to see if other teachers, and of course they can't answer but just bringing this up, is that since we've come back to face-to-face teaching, that a lot of the students aren't the same. They've come back, they're more stressed, some students haven't come back at all. They haven't come back, returned to school. They've mm-hmm. just not coped through this whole COVID thing. I, I know of children that were self-harming during that time, children that have been medicated, a lot of children now being medicated for anxiety-related issues. So we really are in a dealing with a completely different world to what we were trained for. And this is what I'm thinking with Are You Okay? It can give us those tools not to go and fix the problems but to create some sort of link between the person and them having that that help that they need. And as you said, it's that acknowledgement that things aren't the same. No, they're not. Changed. They've changed mm-hmm. and for whatever reason. And as I've said to you, for some people, you know, the home isn't necessarily the happy place for them. Um, school is often a refuge. Like for many people, work is a refuge. Um, you've then got the, the opposing, you know, for some parents, great parents until it comes to homeschooling and then it's like, oh, my God, I'm trying to do this, trying to do that. So the whole family unit um, has been affected, and and I'm sure some have handled it better than others. Um, I'm glad mine's 27, and I don't have to homeschool. So I don't yes. think I would have done that well. No, no, me neither. It is being aware that 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 it is a different world out there. Um, and to be honest, Musa, I think that means we all have the um, obligation to actually 
look to the left, look to the right, look to people and, and really reach out um, to everyone that we come into contact with and, um, and, and try and make a difference and at least try and, and listen uh, yes. and acknowledge them. Yes. So how do people find out more about Are You OK and have access to the resources where they can learn more about all this? Awesome. Great question. Okay. So website is areyouok.org.au and right at the moment we're just uh, Sorry, our- and it's the letters. Yeah. Uh, it's not yeah. the word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. Um, oh, it's behind yeah, you. Just everyone. <laughs> oh, they People that aren't on YouTube won't see that, but that's okay. It's the letters. Yeah. Are you okay? Um on the 9th of September this year is what we call Are You OK Day. Every year we have an Are You OK Day, but our focus this year is that every day should be an Are You OK Day. Mm-hmm. And the theme uh, around, so previously it's been last year's was there's more to say after Are You OK. This year is um, Are They Really OK? Yes. So you put that really, really in because people go, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm all good. And your gut's saying, no, they're not. No, they're not. Mm-hmm. So then it's come back again and go, are you really okay? I'm here to listen. So it's pushing that point and taking it that step further. So if you go to the website, you can actually um, register for resources for Are You Okay? It just goes on the on the first screen. It'll just, you click on the Are You Okay Day and you can register. There's so many free resources out there, Marissa. I've, see, I've seen, yes. I've been on the website. Yeah. There is so, so much. So much stuff. And um, and so they're really, really happy. As I said, the makeshift manual, I think that's something that we created for HOSPO, which I think will really transfer across beautifully um, with the entertainment side because it's about that. You guys all yes. look out for one another and yes. it's, a, it's you know, that unity. I think it's um, so you can register to get resources and then you can also have an event. So on that day it might be uh, whatever. Uh, it might be you do a, a, a link up with your um, students um, and the resources, again, we, we even say you don't have to spend a lot of money or do anything. It's not about that. It's about creating the awareness. So get everyone to wear yellow that day even. Um, it, it can be that simple, but there's so many resources out there, obviously water bottles, you've got everything out there, and it's just a matter of creating that awareness. Mm-hmm. If we start um, on Are You Okay Day to work around and create that culture of it's okay to ask and it's okay not to be, we're just here to help one another. And I think more than anything else, that's great. Also on the website, it has all of the uh, professional organisations, obviously, as I mentioned before, Lifeline. Um, and that's where if we feel it's a serious situation, Headspace for younger people, that tends to be and beyond blue, uh, certainly for for anyone but adults it it tends to be uh, a little more um, involved for them but certainly headspace is really good for the younger people and they have lots of um, activities and things like that and it's just a form of connection 
they tend to 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 work towards the younger people more than the older ones. Right. So um, there's so many out there and they're all on the website there. Um, as I said, it's not up to you to be the council. It's not up to you to fix them, but it is potentially up to you to check in on them and at least give them and encourage them to take some form of action if you're concerned. Yes. Now, around Are You OK Day, I've been on the website because I'm keen to have an event. So mm-hmm. I, I will have an event and... I'm thinking that we need to have a wine and convo event on the it's Thursday the 9th of September we'll make yep. it 7 p.m. I will create an event and share it on social media and I think we should encourage everyone to have something yellow on the I day whether I- it's yellow anything it could be a, a wine glass or it could be yep. Very yellow Sav Blanc, <laughs> which I would go, is that really Sav Blanc? <laughs> um, but, yes, we will have something and I will share it. But there are so many things on there. You can have a quiz night. You can have bingo. You can have coffee and convo. I mean, I looked at all of these and I thought what's practical for me and I thought this would be the easiest. And it's just going to be open to everybody, no matter where you are overseas and in Australia. We'll make it 7 p.m. on Thursday, uh, the 9th of September via Zoom. And we can just all check in, ask, are you okay? But I like the idea of when my students were a little bit off when I used to teach a big, big group of students. And I used to feel the vibe in the room was a little bit off. I used to go, okay, everyone sit down in a circle. Mm-hmm. And we'd go around the room and everyone had to say, I called it good week, bad week. Mm-hmm. What, what's the best thing that happened to you this week? What's the worst thing that happened to you this week? And I think we should have like a good week, bad week with our wine and convo. I love that. I think that's fantastic. And I think it's really good to celebrate the wins. Absolutely. Gratitude. I think that's, yes. And, And when you were talking about before that we need to check in on ourselves before we check in on others, I have a whole morning ritual. Well, I shouldn't say a whole morning. Sometimes I have to be at work by 7.30. But I get up two hours before I start work, before I leave for work. And I have a whole ritual that sets me up to make sure I'm okay before I leave the house so I can be there and be at my best to serve other people and to be the best teacher that I can be because otherwise... (laughs) You, do, you can't do it. You can't it's do hard. it. There's a lot of negativity out there, especially at the moment, and I'm the oh. same. I do my three gratitudes every yes. single day. Yes. You've got to see the positive. If you're continually going to look for the negative all the time, then, you know, you're not going to find that that balance, and we all need balance. So. We do. We do. So in wrapping this up, what is your personal mission here Julianne, because you are so invested in this. So what do you hope to achieve with your work? Um, Create um, the awareness that um, 
it is okay to ask the question and it is okay not to be okay and feel confident in that and feel that you can reach out to somebody, that everyone has somebody they can reach out to. I would love to see uh, the suicide rate decrease. I think it's 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 shameful. And as I said, mm. we talk a lot about um, the national road toll. Uh, this is double it and we're not addressing it. And so the more we can talk about mental health issues, the more that people are supported and the more that they feel that it isn't something to be embarrassed about and we all have our good days and our bad days and to stop the bad days as much as we possibly can or at least have someone we can talk to about it, I think that's a, that's a wonderful thing. More connection, um, more um, exchanges and support out there uh, for each other as humans, I think that's that's my mission. Yes, that's fantastic. And listening to you, I was kind of getting a little cranky, not with you, but all of a sudden, I don't know what triggered in my mind, but I thought of all those people on social media because you raise social media and all the people that are causing chaos, they're causing drama, they're spreading misconceptions, they're kind of being passive aggressive, they're being bullies. Instead of behaving and and carrying on with that behaviour, instead of doing that, spend your time on social media checking in on other people. Stop it right now. Stop. That makes me so angry because it takes a lot of effort to write some of those posts, but it only requires one sentence to find out if someone's okay. That's right. So anyway, the more you get back. That was my rant. I'm sorry, but but thinking about what you said, honestly, people have got a lot to answer for. They need to stop right now and start worrying about other people rather than their their egos and their opinions. Correct. I totally agree with you. Put that side and create a a a genuine um, intention to connect with people and to, to be a decent human. Thank you. Well said. And I think on that note, we can really wrap this up. We, you could not say anything more articulately and, and in, in such a great way. Thank you. And thank My you for your time and good luck with your mission. I'm going to be following you. You don't get rid of me. Every time I know that you're going to be on one of those calls, Andrew says, Julianne's on today. Right. (laughs) I'm sitting here (laughs) next to you and I love listening to the messages that you're sharing. Keep up the good work. We're going to share the links to Are You OK in the show notes. We're going to create an event and help spread the word of Are You OK Day? on September 9th, Thursday, September 9th at 7 p.m. via Zoom. We're going to have a wine and convo night. Wear yellow and it's going to be good week, bad week is the theme of our wine and convo. I love it. Thank you so much, Marissa. No, thank you. Okay, take care, Julianne. Thanks so much for your time. Bye now. Bye.
I hope you enjoyed this episode of A Voice and Beyond. Now is an important time for all of us to spread positivity and empowerment in our Singing Voice community. It's time for you to invest in your own self-care, personal growth and education. Use every day as an opportunity to learn and to grow so you can show up for your students feeling energized, empowered and ready to deliver your best. Be the best role model and mentor you can possibly be and watch your students thrive as you do. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please make sure to share it with a friend or a colleague who you think will be inspired by this. Copy and paste the link and share it with the people you think will enjoy listening to this show. Please share it on social media and use the hashtag A Voice and Beyond. If you would like to help me, please rate and review this podcast and cheer me on by clicking the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts right now. I would love to know what it is you enjoyed the most about this episode and what was the biggest takeaway for you. I promise you there are many episodes to follow as I'm committed to bringing you more inspiration and conversations just like this one. I'd like to finish up with my final thoughts. Remember that to sing is more than just learning how to use the voice. As singers, our whole body is the instrument and our bodies echo what we feel physically, mentally and emotionally. So singing is not just about the voice. It's about a voice and beyond. Please take care of yourself and I look forward to your company next time.